I found myself too drinking a lot because of the anxiety. And so it just became this snowball effect, right? Like this one drug caused me to kind of do all of these other things that were causing even more issues in my personal life and my, um, my business, right? All of those things were being affected because of the side effects of this medication. And so I finally got to a place where I was trying the, the nutrition and the fitness that I knew worked for most people. And that just wasn't working for me. And so I, was doing my own research, to be honest, because every conventional doctor that I would go to was like, no, you just need to be on this for the rest of your life. Welcome to the High Vibe Podcast, a show created for those who want to go deep on topics such as entrepreneurship, personal growth, social media, wellness, and everything in between. I'm your host, Tori Nishino, retired corporate girl turned full-time online influencer and entrepreneur. There's no gatekeeping here, just real and raw conversations that are meant to raise your vibe and elevate your life. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome Shiva to the High Vibe Podcast. I'm excited to have you back on the podcast because yeah. it's been years, like since before COVID, maybe three years when I had you on as a guest expert talking about Adderall, Adderall addiction, all of that stuff. And since I've turned this into a video podcast, it's been gaining a lot more traction. Like I daily, daily, I get people in my DMs asking me for help, trying to get off of Adderall, don't know where to go, don't know what to do, are struggling with it. So I'm excited to start putting out content from experts like you and like giving out these resources and ha having uh, somewhere to send people, you know, because I'm not an expert in getting off Adderall or anything like that. I've never helped anyone do it. I just have my story and I just want people to know that they're not alone. So for those of you who don't know Shiva, Shiva Stevens is a functional medicine and brain health specialist with 20 years in fitness and nutrition coaching space. And she works with women over the age of 30 to help them lose weight and improve their mental health naturally. So Shiva, welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. Thank and you for having me. Yes, I'm so glad we finally made it work and we got you on because I know that so many people are going to benefit from this podcast episode. So for people that don't know anything about you, about your work, about what you do, can you give us just a little bit introduction about your story how you got to where you are and exactly what you do in this space. Yeah. I just want to start by saying thank you for sharing your story. That's actually what started me in this world of speaking about this uh, publicly is when I was going through my own journey of getting off the medication. Um, I found that there were so many people struggling with the same things that I was struggling with. Um, and I had no idea. I felt so alone in, in this you know process. Um, but a little bit of background on me. I, um, my story and where it all started. I was around 12 years old, started my period. Um, hormones are fluctuating, hormones are changing. And I started to have issues uh, sitting still in school, which I feel like most kids at that age probably have a lot of issues there. Um, and one of my teachers came to my parents and was like, listen, you guys need to put her on medication. And so uh, I actually have parents who are very against medication in general, uh, but I was really persistent because I felt different and I felt like I needed some help in that area. And so we went and got me tested. I got tested um, through a psychologist and psychiatrist basically saying that I 
uh, was diagnosed with anxiety, ADHD, um, depression. Um, and so at the time, not understanding what my hormones were actually doing, which I think had a huge part in all of this, um, I decided to get on Adderall at the time around the age of 12. You're just yeah. a kid at that. And wow. I mean, you don't know any better. Like if you have all these experts telling you all of these things, you just Absolutely. assume that they're right. And yeah. especially if you're struggling in, in school, you know, yeah. um, that's crazy. So how long were you on this medication for? Yeah. So I was on Adderall for 17 years. Um, around eight years ago is when I decided to get off of all the medications I was on because unfortunately taking the Adderall also made me take a anxiety medication, a depression medication, and it just started to really stack. Um, and I found myself, you know, almost 20 years later, two decades later, where I was in a really great place with my career. I, I owned a couple of local gyms, um, but for whatever reason, my body was completely going out of whack. All of a sudden I was having major inflammation, gained around 20 pounds out of nowhere. And being in the fitness and nutrition industry, it was like, what is going on with my body? You know? And, um, I was dealing with a lot of anger outbursts. Um, I, you know, I had a lot of things where I was like, okay, maybe it's just my leadership skills. Like maybe I'm not good at what I do. Um, really thought that this was just my personality flaw. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was dealing with a lot of side effects from the medication after years and years of taking it nonstop headaches here and there I had major, major body aches. Like my neck was always killing me. Um, and I, I, I was unhappy. I was, I was so anxious towards the end that it was hard some days for me to like leave the house. Like that's, that's where I got. So what made you, was there like an event or a turning point where you're like, I need to get off this medication or this is probably the cause of it because when you're on it for 20 years and then yeah. you know towards the end like things start to get bad at what point where you're like maybe it's this were you trying other things and and figuring out like what are these issues that are coming up or was there like a specific yeah. moment or turning point for you there were a couple and i had actually tried to get off my meds around three or four different times because i finally figured out that some of the side effects were the medication which took me a while took me a really long time to, to go from, oh, this is just who I am as a human being to no way this is side effects of a medication. Um, one was a boyfriend that came to me and was like, you're a completely different person when you're on that drug. Um, and was a very adequate, like just adamant about like, hey, you really need to look at this as something to get off of. Um, and was there to kind of push me to be like, Hey, I can't continue dating you unless we make this change. Right. Um, I found myself too drinking a lot because of the anxiety. And so it just became this snowball effect, right? Like this one drug caused me to kind of do all of these other things that were causing even more issues in my personal life and my um, my business, right. All of those things were being affected because of the side effects of this medication. And so I finally got to a place where I was trying the, the nutrition and the fitness that I knew worked for most people. And that just wasn't working for me. And so I was doing my own research to be honest, because every conventional doctor that I would go to was like, no, you just need to be on this for the rest of your life. Uh, and really found out about functional medicine and understood that like root cause approach was kind of what I was missing, dove into that and started to research myself, learn more, 
um, and found out that, you know, a lot of this could be caused by the meds that I'm currently taking. So that's yeah. when I was like, I've had enough. Um, I was in a place where I owned my own business. I was very established in the city that I lived in. Um, kind of felt like I had it all, but there was just like this missing piece. Like I felt like, I felt like I wasn't who I authentically needed to be, right? Like there, there's always something that felt off. I was never happy with what was in front of me. Mm hmm. Yeah. And so I want to dive in also what you mentioned, you, you mentioned it briefly, but I'm very curious about this root cause. Are you referring to like a root cause for ADD and ADHD? Yeah. And so, can you expand on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So something that I think is really important to note is that you know, I'm not knocking ADHD and that being something that people struggle with, but I think there's a lot of one misdiagnosis, unfortunately, because there is no actual test that tests you for you have anxiety, you have depression, you have ADHD. And my, my understanding- You mean like blood work or like actual physical there, stuff? There it's just like- There are a couple things you could do, but there's nothing that's like, yes, here's some blood work. Let me go see if you have this brain issue. Right? Or like chemical imbalances and yeah, stuff like there, that. There are or? a few, but, but there's not, there's no definitive- like answer, concrete. Uh, yes, this, this is it. And so mm -hmm. the more and more I looked at it and the more and more I researched, it was maybe I don't have ADHD. Maybe it's actually, you know, coming, it's a symptom of something else going on in the body. And so when you talk about root cause, what my belief system is, is that root cause is a issue that you're struggling with, whether that is a gut imbalance or a hormone imbalance um, something that is causing the brain fog, the scattered brain, you know, whatever that looks like for someone. And if we treat that thing, the ADHD symptoms go away oftentimes. Mm -hmm. That is one piece of the puzzle. When you're on a medication for years and years and years, you also have to learn how to do these things without taking a pill, right? Um, but that is definitely a huge part of it is really diving into root cause approach. I love that. And yeah. I, I agree with you. I think that like not to knock people that actually have ADD or ADHD, but yeah. I was one of those cases where like, I definitely didn't have it. But once I took it, I felt like I did because I couldn't yeah. focus. I was like, wow, this is like what it means to like focus and stay up all night and like not have any distractions or anything like that. Yeah. And obviously there is a there's something to be said about the epidemic that's happening where there's like an adderall shortage mm -hmm. right and are we supposed yep. to believe that now there's just this uptick of all of these people having add and adhd or is it because this drug is highly available and highly addictive i don't know what are your thoughts on I, on this i, <laughs> I wanted to talk about this anyways and and for the most part you know one i just want to say that this drug is an amphetamine it's speed not only does it provide you the amp to keep going and go, 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 right? Like nonstop. Um, but it is also that type of drug that is going to give you that confidence, right? Um, that, that ability to just feel like you're on top of the world, right? Um, really reminds me of the movie Limitless, right? It's just yeah. like- you're, <laughs> That you're just, is about Adderall. Yeah, it's just we who wouldn't feel good on something like that, right? Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know one person who wouldn't. And so yeah. 
you know, of course we get on that drug and we're like, this is amazing. Like where, where, this is what I should have been feeling like all along. But yeah. after a long time, you realize you're a robot and your yeah. only focus is either making money or you're so hyper-focused that you're not present in mm -hmm. conversations. Uh, you're so hyper-focused that your memory is starting to go, you know, haywire. There's so many things that start to happen. And then no one looks at the long-term side effects of these medications. Mm -hmm. And so what I see, unfortunately, with a lot of people who are getting off this drug after 20 years on it, not everyone, but after 20 years on it, they're dealing with a lot of gut issues. They're dealing with a lot of autoimmune. They're dealing with a lot of thyroid. And there's studies out there that show that long-term use of a drug like this for decades and decades can cause thyroid issues or other issues in the body. And therefore it's important to always look at the natural alternative first before ever considering a medication, just to make sure that you have all your bases covered and, and knowing exactly what's going on with the body. Right. And unfortunately there isn't a lot of education in conventional medicine when it comes to stuff like this. They, I agree. You go into the doctor, they give you a pill and that's your only option. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's unfortunate because you know, I'm not saying there isn't a place for conventional medicine, but I will say that there should be a combination of both and you should be able to have all of your options when making a decision, like taking something as addictive as an amphetamine is. I agree. Yeah. And I think, especially even just determining that there are these long-term side effects and health issues, like that wasn't available when I was getting off of it. There were no studies on it. Even talking about Adderall with addiction, when I would Google it, there was nothing. No. There was literally nothing. Like I, I remember eight years ago, I felt so alone. I was like, yeah. wow, I am the only one struggling with this. Yeah. And I just remember I came across like this random blog that just this guy, I don't even know who wrote this blog, but it looked like, like a Craigslist blog. Like it was like a janky <laughs> blog, but like he would just tell his whole story about getting yeah. off of Adderall and like what made him want to get off of it. And I remember that was like the first time that I felt seen and heard and understood. And I knew I had a problem, honestly, within the first year of taking it. And I was yeah. on it every single day for six years, yeah. but I couldn't get off of it. Yeah. And it was the most difficult thing. And so I kind of want to shift gears into the work that you do now. I know you do a, a lot of different work in the holistic and nutrition space, but I also know that you've helped people get off of this drug yeah. in, in natural ways and sustainable ways. And I know that that's not the easiest thing ever as someone, and I'm sure who's been through it, right. Of getting off of it. So I want to talk about someone who's like tuning in and who's like, that's me. I've been wanting to get off of it. I've tried multiple times and failed. Like where, how would you help them or what tips would you help them? Or what's your biggest recommendations for the, those people right now that are tuning in? Yeah. So one, I'm not a doctor. I want to go ahead and say that I, you have to work with a doctor to taper off your medication. What I do and what I really help you with is balancing the body so that it is not going to have all those crazy side effects getting off the drug. And so, you know, when I was getting off the medication, I was the same as you. I had no idea what was going on with my body. And when I went to the doctor, they were like, oh, it's because you just need the drug. You need to get back on it. And that's the reason why you're having all these side effects. Your symptoms are coming back. Little did I know that was actually withdrawal that I was going through, like literal shaking, feeling like I was sick, right? Like had flu-like symptoms. Um, I felt very depressed. I felt very off. 
So my mission now is to help women never feel like those symptoms are ever going to pop up for them getting off of the medication. And so I've been able to help hundreds of women now get off of these medications and still go on and live their, their life normally, right? Mm -hmm. While they're tapering off this drug. And so my advice and, and the things that I will say that are the most important here are one, getting an individualized strategy, right? Because this is not something that I can put on paper for you and be like, here you go. This is exactly what every single person is going to do. You're very, you're bio-individual, right? You're, you're all different. And so the things that need to be balanced in your body are going to be different than what needs to be balanced in my body, right? And so a few tips that I think across the board need to be looked at are blood sugar balance and making sure that you're eating enough of certain foods looking at certain foods that might be bothering or messing with the gut because the gut is so important for mental health. Right. Um, and there's a number of other things as well, like nutrient deficiencies, making sure that you have enough of certain nutrients so that your body is not feeling the scattered in your brain. Um, oftentimes the thing that people struggle with the most getting off this medication is slowing down. Right. Because we're in this place of go, 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 robot, robot, robot. I can do anything. And when you get off a medication like this, it's really important to rest. It's really important to be okay with slowing down as your body is healing and, and getting better, right? Because that's really what it's doing is you change the chemical pathways. You change the brain in itself and how it, how it functions. Now it has to revert to a different path in a different way. And mm -hmm. so you have to give that time as well, which is really important. So someone who's on Adderall might be doing a you know, high intensity exercise every single day. Well, you might need to go and revert to doing yoga instead for a little while, just so that your body is calming down a little bit. Um, and so there's so many factors there, but those are just a few that I would say are really, really important, making sure you don't have food sensitivities, um, a lot of different things to kind of note that I kind of work with people for four to six weeks before we even start tapering off the medication in the first place. So, and so you dive into like what their nutrition's like, you dive into, yeah. I'm sure, do they have to get their blood work done and stuff like that? So you can if, see if what- If they want to, I can actually oftentimes do things just based on symptoms too, but I do mm -hmm. believe that it is really, uh, it's it's really key to look at blood work too, but I, I think symptoms speak pretty loudly as well. And that can mm -hmm. kind of start the process of understanding what to do there. Um, but nutrition is vital and really, mm -hmm. really important. Um, detoxification, nervous system regulation, right? Because anyone who's on an amphetamine like that, their, their nervous system is shot, right? Yeah. Your adrenals are shot. Um, and so you really need to focus on balancing and getting a little bit more calmed in certain scenarios so that your body's not constantly going into fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And I think there is like at least something to be said where like you're having physical withdrawals or some type of physical yeah. symptoms. And those are the things that you're working on to try to like either eliminate that completely or minimize it where it's like they, they can get through it. And then I would also want to ask as far as people like, let's say they have mental symptoms like high, like i'm a highly addictive yeah. person yeah. Uh, addiction yeah. runs in my family it's just a behavior it's a habit it's something like that and so even though i got off of it and i necessarily wasn't having any energy issues because i was 
you know, I, I was really focused on my nutrition and, and movement and like listening to my body and doing what I could to heal it just on my own without any guidance. Like I was just winging it. Um, it was, but it was, but I was having mental breakdowns of feeling like I wasn't performing at my capacity or I wasn't like the, the same high performer that I usually am, or I, I missed a deadline and I've never missed a deadline like in my entire life. So I was having these like emotional and mental barriers thinking that I'm just not good enough without it. And so I'm wondering what your approach or advice for people that, cause I've gotten a lot of messages from people that are, that are saying like, I've been off of it for six months and I still feel like I'll never be as good as the person that I was when I was on it. Yeah, you, you missed a, that's a point that I should have made from the very beginning is mindset is hands down the number one most important part of this whole entire process. <laughs> um, so thank you for bringing that up. Um, but I, number one, like, um, just to give you a back, a, a backstory on me, mm-hmm. I remember um, how often, how often I would be like, I need Adderall, I need Adderall, I need Adderall. I remember calling my mom being like, are you sure? I think I should get back on it. Like I, I would do that every day to then it started to be every week then it started to be every month then it was like you know six months every six months i would kind of have that breakdown um and little by little by little as i became more confident in myself and and making change for myself that is when i started to be like i don't need this drug anymore right Mm -hmm. and so part of it is definitely switching and changing your your verbiage and what you're saying. Right. And so that's a really big one that I work on with people is, um, replacing what you might be repetitively saying in your head. Um, number one, number two, accountability and having someone there through the process is really, really, really important and making sure that you have that person that you can speak to and talk to. Um, and then continuously focusing on the positive things that you're changing when it comes to Like, what are the things that are amplified in your life that are better in your life being off of this drug and Mm. focusing on those things are really, really important. Lastly, not one person, whether they have ADHD or not, doesn't have moments where they miss deadlines, doesn't have moments where they are struggling with certain things that they're not feeling at a certain capacity. It is because you were on this amphetamine for years and years and years that you think it's because of Adderall that you are this way now, right? Mm-hmm. So expectation of where you need to be at needs to be understood and really, really it's rep- it's repetitive talk, right? And then also breath work. I'm a really firm believer that is that that can change how you're feeling within minutes. And so when you get into one of those spirals, we really focus on four, seven, eight method box breathing, making sure that you're mm-hmm. physically calming that fight or flight down and and feeling better so it's it's really up to the person and what they're struggling with and exactly Mm -hmm. what's popping up for them but that's that is a really big one and and just reminder that you're not alone and that it's going to take time for your mind your mind to get used to not having this drug because your mind's going to repetitively tell you you need it you need it you need it Mm -hmm. that's the addiction right yeah yeah i promise you i'm eight years later and i've not thought about taking adderall in seven years. Yeah. So it does get better. It's just going to take some time. Mm -hmm. How important do you think having someone in your corner, like some type of physical support system, whether it's a coach or a family member or a partner, like I know for me, 
I felt like that was very important, like having my my boyfriend and my partner, letting him know that I was planning on getting off of this drug and working on it because there was times where I just had mental breakdowns and I needed to cry and I needed someone in my corner. Yeah. Yeah. How important do you think that is? And for someone that's getting off of this, like as far as like having some type of support system versus just going at it alone. You know, one of the biggest things that I think is valuable about what I do in the coaching space and working with someone for 16 weeks, 12 weeks, um, is, when you don't understand what's going on with your body, it can really be scary, right? And so when you have affirmation from someone, number one, that's saying, hey, this is actually exactly how you should be feeling, right? Um, but let's do this instead, right? Giving you coping mechanisms to change what you're going through and then helping you understand that what you're feeling is normal. That's number one, right? Um, and hands down mm -hmm. the difference between succeeding long-term and not succeeding long-term and then having someone in your corner who you can call and cry and just get it out. And by the way, that's another one. Emotion starts to come out, right? When mm -hmm. you were on this drug for years and years and years, it's been suppressed. It's I was like a cold, just, just yeah. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just same. like a machine, same. you know? Just like getting shit done. Like yeah, that's all I cared about. I didn't, I didn't care about anything else. It was my career, money, and that's all I cared about. Yeah. It, other areas of my life suffered because of it. Um, mm -hmm. But that was one thing that I was like, why am I crying so much? Like I kept, <laughs> I, I was so confused by why I was crying. And like, by the way, that's, that's your body releasing. That's releasing the pent up energy that by the way, can cause chronic health issues. So when you cry and when you're feeling that and it's something that's new and off, that can be, that can be weird, but just continuously reminding yourself that that's good. That's good. That that's your body speaking and trying to get it out. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's really the difference between success and, and going back on it um, when you have the support system there. I love that. And I want to dive into before I dive into kind of like how you work with people and containers and stuff like that, because I want to make sure that if people feel called to work with you, they know how to contact you and all that stuff. I wanted to ask if there's like commonalities. I know that you're saying like every individual is about individual. You have to work with them and give them like a, their own unique plan to succeed. But I'm wondering if there's like common threads when it comes to nutrition or movement, like common things across the board. Cause I know you were talking about their like blood sugar and, yeah. and stuff like that. And, and like certain vitamins or nutrients that are crucial. Is there like certain foods or, or things that people should consider either consuming or avoiding or you know, lessening of when they're making this change. And obviously this is not, you can't make like a blanket statement just like this across the board for everyone because some people have food sensitivities and allergies, but in general, are there like commonalities of like certain foods that cause brain fog or certain foods that help with, you know, like vitamin deficiencies and stuff like that? Yeah. Great question. Um, I, when I look at what we're trying to do as a whole, okay, because this is something I can tell you that across the board, what I'm doing with every single person is lowering inflammation in the body, okay? Mm -hmm. So when we have anything that is mental health, most likely it's because their body is inflamed, their brain is inflamed, we need to bring that inflammation down. And so the first thing that I look at are the top three inflammatory foods, which are going to be gluten, dairy, and soy, okay? Oftentimes, those three things are big issues for people. And you can see change within a matter of a couple weeks of changing those things and getting those out of someone's system. So 
that's a commonality that I see across the board with anyone that struggles with anxiety and ADHD in general. Mm -hmm. Um, the blood sugar balance is huge. Absolutely huge. I see that, that to be a commonality across the board for most people. Um, and then as for foods and how you are eating and what else could kind of be it, I would say that sugar is a really big one, like making sure that you're not, which really ties into the blood sugar balance too. But, uh, the, the cravings, the, the need to have sugar a lot. And if you're doing that frequently, that can really plummet your brain very quickly. Um, and then just getting, does that include like fruit as well? Or you, I think there is a certain way to eat fruit. I think Mm -hmm. there's a certain way to consume that fruit. Um, I think there's fruits that are a little bit lower glycemic index than other fruits Mm -hmm. that can be really beneficial. Um, but really we're talking about processed foods in general. Like right? added show. Yeah. Processed yeah, food. That alone, that is addictive. That alone. That, that's its own it, drug. Yeah. Like it that is, literally it is, is yes. like, that's a whole yeah. addiction. Yeah. Like that, the processed food addiction is a whole thing. Like I, we don't really eat like processed foods or, or junk food. We'll have it occasionally. Yeah. But like, I know if I have like, like we're at a party or whatever, and I have an Oreo and I have one, like every blue moon, like never, but my body all of a sudden, like it goes into this, like, I have to have more, I have to have more, I have to have, like, it's like literally like crack. And I'm like, where is this coming from? It's, but because it's because I don't even have it that often that if I do have something like that, I'm like, whoa, like my whole body's like, you just had like a full, like heroin. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I mean, if you think about it, sugar looks very similar to cocaine and heroin and they Mm -hmm. are just as addictive. Right. And so you know, the big thing that I work with clients on is those pantry swaps. Like it's not that we can't have some of those cookies or those things. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to show you some better options that are not going to be as inflammatory. Right. So mm-hmm. inflammatory oils, eating out a lot, right. Uh, if you're drinking alcohol three to four times per week, you have to look at that stuff and say, okay, I need to form better habits around this. And then also I teach you how to support your body. If you are having a couple of drinks at dinner, right? Mm-hmm. So that's another thing just to really support liver function and other things that are going on in the body that could be causing the issues in the first place and kind of that root cause. Right. I love that. And I love what you said about like having just healthier swaps, because yeah, I think exactly. when it's like, yeah. when you're slipping the rug under your cover, like you got to replace it with something, Absolutely. you know? Yes. And like, I remember, and it, and it's a lot of it's habitual too. Like you're, it's like, like habits that are formed. And so when you have something else that like, instead of alcohol, you're going to have like some type of healthy, like mocktail or like, yes. a, you know, yes. like kombucha, whatever, like, but you're going to have something yeah. that like still feels like, having a nice glass of wine, but it's, it's better for you. So I love that what you mentioned about the swaps. That is huge. That is hands down one of the biggest things. And even if I was to replace, like, for example, some of my clients who might be taking Adderall twice a day, and now we're bringing it down to one time a day because the tapering process has to be super slow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the afternoon when they normally grab for that pill, then they might grab for their electrolytes, right? Just that physical swap of changing what they're grabbing for can be huge, right? Mm -hmm. And that also might give them a little bit of a boost of energy. So it really is diving into the psychology of why they're scared to let go of that thing. And then Mm -hmm. what do they enjoy about that thing? And let's dive in a little bit deeper to see exactly where it's coming from. So then I can replace it for you based on your whys, right? Yes. 
Yes, yeah. I love that. And and like just having something habitually change, yes. like those swaps. Yeah. Um, of course, the gardeners are here on the one day that I'm recording the <laughs> podcast. Uh, so <laughs> apologies for that. But um, there's like a couple other things that I wanted to talk about before we dive into like your services and how people can work with you. Yeah. And one of them is, I don't, I don't even know if you've even heard of this, but I, I've like heard of it in other podcasts and people that have been working with like alcoholism or addiction as like rapid resolution therapy, RRT, or like EMDR. Have you ever heard of any of yes. those type of modalities? Yes, I love EMDR. EMDR is really powerful um, to kind of get those stuck things in your brain loose, right? Mm -hmm. And out. Um, EMDR also has bilateral stimulation. So that's part of what EMDR is. So they're holding on to something. And bilateral stimulation is actually very calming for people with anxiety and ADHD. I often post about um, music that, that has the same thing where it kind of goes back and forth between each ear and can be very calming for people that struggle with ADHD, addiction, anxiety, all of that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's one that I, I highly recommend and oftentimes have some playlists for people. So like if they're like, you know, we run through again, talk about yeah. the person and what they're needing. It's like, do you like music? Do you, will you do breath work? Do you like walks? Like, what is it that we can implement that are going to be those calming techniques. And oftentimes music is a really big one for people. Um, mm -hmm. So that bilateral stimulation through music is really, really, cool. really important. Yeah. So that's like something that you, you help you, you basically yeah. figure out like, okay, like how am I going to create your unique plan based on like what you like, what you're drawn towards? Yeah. Cause there's a bunch of different modalities, right. There that are. people there's can tons. use. And I love that because I think what turns me off sometimes in like certain spaces or with coaches is when they're like, this is the only way. Yeah. And like, you have to do breath work and breath work is the only way. And there's, there's other modalities for people based on what they're interested yeah. in or where they're at in their life. Right. 100%. Yeah. You have to be that. That's probably one of the biggest things that I stick with is if the person's not ready to make the change, then I'm not forcing them to make the change straight up. My mm -hmm. clients come to me and they're like, Hey, alcohol is one that I'm having a hard time with. All right. Let's just start with reducing it down to this. Does that feel good for you? I'm not going to tell you here blanket, this is what you have to do or you're screwed. You know, like that's just not how it works. I don't like meditation. I, to be quite honest, I struggle <laughs> with it and don't like it. Therefore, mm -hmm. you know, some, one of my clients is just like, this isn't working for me. Then mm -hmm. I'm not going to suggest that to them, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause you have to really be bought into what you're doing and you have to feel, it has to feel good. Sometimes yeah. it can feel uncomfortable, but still like that's something that I really want to listen to my clients and make sure that the process works for them. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. that. And like, same for me, like sitting down and doing like a meditation or a guided meditation is so hard, but I love like walking meditations, same. whether that's just like music yeah. or like getting outside, it could be music. It could be a guided sure. meditation, but like being out and like moving in my body, yes. like something about the movement and that helps me just get into like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so much, so much faster, so much easier, less, like I'm not even distracted. I'm just like fully in it. And I found that's what's worked for me, but it doesn't work for everyone. So I like that you're, you're always trying to figure out what's going to work for this individual when yeah. you're helping them and working with them, because I don't necessarily believe that there's one modality that's going to fix every single person's problems. Agreed. Agreed. I love that. So I want to shift gears really quick before we dive back into this. And I know you recently had breast explants, right? Yes, not, not, yeah. And I want to talk about this journey. I don't think I've ever had anyone on the podcast talking about this. I've seen a lot of it on social media, like 
the breast explants, like like women getting breast explants. And they're either getting sick or they're getting illnesses. And so I want to hear about your experience for people that might be listening that either want to get implants or maybe already have them and wanting to get rid of them. And tell me your journey. Tell me why you decided to get rid of them and all of this stuff. So around eight years ago is when I got off all my medications and once I got off them, it took me a while to kind of my body to adjust and feel kind of back to normal. Around 2019, I was really at my peak. I was feeling my, the best of, of the best, like really feeling good. And then COVID hit and I got COVID and all of a sudden my, my symptoms got really bad out of nowhere. Um, and I was trying everything. I was trying so much to kind of figure out what was going on with my health and it, it got to a place where like everyone in my labs were kind of looking somewhat normal or there were like little things here on and off, but I was hypersensitive to everything that I did. Uh, food sensitivities, gut was just out of control. My gut was always messed up, always bloated. Something was off. Um, I had brain fog to a level where like, I was like having a hard time getting out of bed again. Like it was like, where, what's going on? You know, like this is coming out of the blue. My body just was not getting back to normal. And so after again, spending thousands of dollars trying to see what is going on with my body, I had a couple doctors be like, you need to look at your breast implants. And so it was about two years that I waited to actually get my implants out I'm a firm believer and I'm not saying that it doesn't make people sick because it does. Like there's some people who just, they, they automatically like within days of getting that in, get sick. And so I had mine for about 10 years. Um, but I, I'm a firm believer that it's just, your body has a, has a load of toxins it can handle. Okay. And when it reaches its highest limit, then it's when it just kind of stops working for you. Right. And so that can also include medications that you're putting in your body that can include processed foods that can include just environmental toxins, the products we put on our bodies. Right. I'd eliminated all of that. I stopped drinking alcohol. I, I was the perfect human being and I still wasn't getting better. And so uh, a year and a half ago, I decided to get my implants taken out It was a very, very hard decision, but it was wild to see what my body did afterwards. I, within days, I would say a couple days, the inflammation in my body just like immediately was gone. Um, My brain fog gone, my gut issues gone, like everything just kind of started to balance itself out again. And so it was the beginning of my actual healing journey because before my body couldn't handle the healing, it couldn't handle the detox protocols, those things that my body really needs to fully heal. And so uh, at the time I was even taking a thyroid glandular to kind of improve my thyroid function, which is something that, um, you know, had gotten on while having implants in because it was out of whack at the time. And within three months of me getting off of, or getting my implants out, my thyroid went from hypo to hyper, which means I had too much hormone being given to me. And so getting off that medication this last February, I've slowly started to balance my thyroid and it was crazy. It was wild to see like my labs actually change from Mm -hmm. getting my implants taken out. And so I, I, I was, I made it out to be so much worse than I, than I really thought it was going to be. But I'm so glad I did it 
not to mention like I would have had to replace them in 10 years and then 10 years and then 10 years. And so when I was going into it, I was like, think of this as just saving yourself money. You know, <laughs> that's where I was at. Like I was like, yeah. I had no idea if it was going to help me. I had no idea if it was going to work, mm -hmm. um, but I was pleasantly surprised like every single other person who's gotten them out that they started to feel better. I think everyone's journey again is very different, but it was wild to see the change within just like a week or two weeks. of getting them So out. when you got them out, like you were at a hundred percent sold that they were the ones that were causing all the no. issues. No, I had yeah. no idea. I can trust all of the people out there that have said it's made them better, but mm -hmm. it was a shot in the dark. It was, it was, you know, you're doing this to hope and see if it's going to work or not. You just, you have no idea. And so it, it was a chance I was taking, but when I was, it, the symptoms were that severe what I just like couldn't really function. Mm -hmm. I was like, this isn't, this isn't right. You've tried everything else. You know, yeah. like you've got to look at this as an option. The amount of money I was spending was 20 times more than it was just to get my implants taken out, you know? And so I just kept telling myself, like, just what's, what's it going to do? You know, like you've got to try this one thing. So mm -hmm. it was a great, great decision for me. And I, I stand by it because I think in general, when I look at my, my life and uh, what I've kind of gone through and the different things that I've kind of dealt with is my body doesn't handle toxins very well. My detox pathways don't detoxify like other people's do. And so things like medication are always going to be something that my body can't handle well. Right. And things like toxins and things like, you know, food sensitivities or, or foods that my body doesn't like my methylation pathways were not working properly. And so when you have a foreign object in your body, literally over your heart and, and close to your lungs, it's like, why wouldn't it, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're, when I was in my twenties, I just wasn't thinking about it. Like, yeah, I didn't think, okay, this thing could, but when you logically think about it, it's a foreign object we're putting in our bodies, you mm -hmm. know? And your body's like, what the hell? Like trying to get yeah. rid of it probably, or yeah. like doing all these weird things. Yeah. It so, forms a capsule around it. It mm -hmm. literally forms a capsule around it because the body's trying to protect it from this foreign object in your body. So I'm curious, I kind of want to dive into something a little bit more when it comes to like, me just mentally, like how you felt about your body, because obviously like breast yeah. enhancements, you get it because you're like, you know, it's gonna, I, I'm gonna feel more confident in my body or whatever. Like I, I have small boobs. So like, I, I haven't thought about getting implants, but like you see girls with implants and you're like, yeah, like it, yeah. It good, you know, like I see a girl with boobs. I'm like, they look, you know, obviously yeah, there's anything could go wrong, but like, I get it. I get why people yeah. do it with body enhancements. And so I'm curious about like the process of getting that out and going back to your natural body. And I don't know if there was scarring or anything, but like, how did you feel? Like, did you have any type of body dysmorphia or like, like, like body issues? Like when you would like look at yourself in the mirror or were you just like happy that you didn't feel sick anymore? Or, you know, like, how did that feel? Cause I'm sure that's a fear for a lot of women who oh, maybe do have implants, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That was one of my biggest fears, right? Getting them out. I was like, I don't want to look less feminine. I don't want to, I, I want to feel good about what I'm looking at every single day. I lost so much inflammation that when I first got them out, I will, I will say this when I first got them out, when I tried new bras on, I cried multiple times. So mm -hmm. that definitely was hard for me in the beginning, 
but I felt so much better that I was like, I don't care, you know, just like, I was like, yeah. just get, like afterwards I was like baffled how clear my brain was and like how my gut didn't hurt with everything that I ate. And there was just so much that had improved for me that I, I wasn't thinking about my boobs. Yes, I have. You can definitely see a little bit of scarring for sure. Cause there's a double scar there. Um, but I'm also married and in a secure relationship with a man who literally wants me to just feel better and mm -hmm. just be my best. Um, and is very attracted to me with smaller boobs. What I learned too, is I didn't look as top heavy, right? Like everything that I wore, I felt a lot smaller. I, I really did. I felt a lot skinnier. Um, and so because of that, I was like, okay, this is actually kind of nice. It did take me around, it does, by the way, it takes about six months for your boobs to kind of fluff back out. So like, that is something to note when you're getting them out, like give it some time, your body's again, adjusting. Um, but after that first six months, like I've just, I haven't thought twice about it again. Like mm -hmm. I'm very committed to like feeling my best and being my optimal self. And I knew if I kept those in, um, there's, there's no, there's not one thought that has gone through my head of, I want to get them back in, like not one. Um, yeah. so it's taken me a little bit of time, but you know, a year and a half later, like no regrets. No regrets. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. And I'm sure you've just inspired so many women that probably have them that have been thinking about that decision as well, because you know, like I, I've seen it, I've seen it trend up. And then I'm also seeing the explants, like also trend up like all these women that are celebrating their bodies and, and getting rid of them and feeling better. And so just hearing your own experience and your own journey, I'm sure has helped so many people. So yeah. I want to know, like if people are listening to this and they're like, I want to coach, I want to work with Shiva. I feel like I need that support. What type of offers do you have available? How can people get help from you? Whether that's like one-on-one -on -one coaching, any type of group, co anything that you have available that people can get help from you. Yeah, I currently only do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, there are talks of group and courses coming soon, but right now I'm really focusing on that one-on-one because -on -one I absolutely love doing it. Um, I see the most change from people from doing that one-on-one. -on -one. I have a offering that you can just get blood work and do three to, three to four weeks with me um, so that we can just kind of understand what's going on. And that's for the person who's really already gotten a lot of that nutrition down pack, habit change, all of that that they need. Then I have an eight and a 12 week program as well. Uh, we really dive into habit change because, you know, I can give you this, this huge protocol, this three month protocol and send you on your way, but 90% of people need that help to implement it. And there's just a lot of testing and trial and error to see what works best for your unique body. And so, so yeah, so I have an eight and 12 week uh, program. I work with mainly women who are, you know, have kind of tried everything. They've tried the nutrition programs. They've tried keto, Whole30. Um, and I want to teach them how to still want to enjoy their life, right? Enjoy their life and still continue down a path where they feel confident and good, um, still be able to travel, all of those things, but also live a healthy lifestyle, right? And so it's really important to note that no matter if you struggle with weight gain, anxiety, ADHD, we have to make sure that we are also bringing joy in life and making sure that we still love a healthy lifestyle or it doesn't stick. Right. Yeah, it doesn't have to suck. No, like you don't have to. Suck. You don't have to white knuckle yeah. it into like into feeling good. Like Absolutely that's just not. like so backwards. Yeah. 
Like Absolutely, it should yeah. be, it should feel good. You know, it, like it, it you, should feel great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, majority of what I hear from my clients when they end my program is I feel more confident in making decisions for my children, or I feel more confident in financial changes, right? Like I went to my financial planner and I made all of these decisions, whereas before I was scared to do so, or I was more confident in, you know, asking this guy out or going on this date, or, mm -hmm. you know, I feel, I feel, you know, better about myself and my marriage. Like those, that's what we're looking for here, right? Is that this lifestyle change, being healthy in your body and feeling good is going to change all of those aspects in your life. It just ripples into your own self-belief really and you're, and yeah. like you're, you trusting your own intuition and your own yeah. gut and your yeah. own decisions and all of yes. that stuff. And I, I love yeah. what you're, where you're, how you work with people yeah. like so holistically and how it yeah. affects every area of their life. And it's not just like, okay, we're going to help you lose yeah. 10 pounds. And like, this is the no. meal plan that you have to follow. You yeah. know, it's great when my clients lose the weight or they are yes. like more focused at work and really reach their goals without a medication. Of course. Things. Um, but I, I want them to feel joy again. I want them to feel like themselves again. I really want them to be happy every single day. Right. Um, because that's really what's missing here. You know, you came to me for a reason. Yes. You want to get it off this drug. And in the end, they're like, I don't even care about that. Or I don't even care about the weight. Like I feel mm -hmm. good now, you know, yeah. and like, I feel good about me. And that's, that's really where the, the excitement comes for me. I love that. So what can I link below as far as social yeah. handles and websites? Where can people find you? Yeah. At Shiva wellness is my Instagram S H E E V a wellness. And then my, my website is Shiva wellness.com. Easy. Love that. Easy <laughs> love that. And I will link that below in the show notes and in the description. Thank you so much Shiva for coming on. I'm so glad I cannot wait for yeah. everyone to just like, I'm sure people feel more confident and more happy after just like listening to your whole story, everything that you've gone through. And that's really the mission of this podcast is to like empower people to start making yeah. those decisions to change your life. So thank yeah, you for coming on. You, you can do it. You know, like, I think that's the biggest thing is like change is scary, but you know, what's scarier is staying the same, you know? Yeah. So, so don't forget that you're capable of a lot. You just need the right guidance. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the High Vibe community. If you loved this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review or take a screenshot and share it with a friend so more women can find this podcast. For more on me, visit tourinishino.com or find me on social media just by searching my name. Until next time, friends, live your high vibe life.